Welcome to episode 205 of the McSauce Comic Book Podcast. My name is Paul McGinty. With me, as always, are Ian Electricity Sharply. Hello. And Matt the Thunder Casal. Were you going to say 105 again? Did you almost slip? No, no, not at all. Not okay. at all. That's we all. Can- we you know go back five seconds, listeners, listen to it again. But I'm, I don't know. I was all in. There was no was little stutter. Well, thank I, God for that back fifteen seconds button, and I know you're all hitting it right now. I stutter more than I want to. It's been uh, an affliction my entire life. That's why I really. That's uh, why the character Bill Denbro really resonated with me through my childhood. But I don't think I fucked it up. This podcast. It you is Monday not. night, July twenty fourth. And tonight we're going to do a little Comic-Con San Diego International 2017 recap. Whatever the official bullshit name of giant San Diego Comic-Con yeah, is. Yeah, San Diego Comic-Con Yeah, San Diego Comic-Con. Everybody knows I don't it's think they have a big thing. I don't, extra bullshitty name. No, International is in there. I don't know why. Uh, a lot of news came out this weekend. Not as much comic book news. Lots of movie news because... Big Comic-Con, San Diego Comic-Con these days is movie-con. And then yeah, people are like, oh, TV con. oh, hey, this this comic book's doing this. But we're going to try to get into a little bit of comic books, a little bit of movies, a little bit of television. We're going to try to touch a little bit of everything on the body statue that is San Diego Comic-Con. <laughs> <laughs> Where did he touch you? Right here on my Comic-Con penis. Show us where McSauce touched you. It's going to be all over. Paint the whole thing red, and we start with we're touching you at housekeeping. McSauce.com is where you can find all the dirty, filthy Comic-Con information. You can check out our webcomic there. We talk about comic books and pop culture in the webcomic. Well, it was just like random nonsense from time to time. You can find our podcast there. We also have comic book reviews that Paul labors over every Monday. You know, at some point, at some point, it was, it was labor. I don't. I I think I was just going at it from the from the, the wrong perspective for a while, and it became laborious. But now I'm in. I'm, I'm enjoying it again. I'm feeling. I'm feeling my pool list. I'm feeling getting the word out there about you know what's going on with these books. What's good, I'll give what's you, bad. I'll give you a quick tease for what's up on the site right now. Tom King's Batman is laborious. I was just going to ask you about that. There are three issues into oh the, my God. the Joker Riddler story. You're not liking Matt, it? Matt, you'd think it would be exciting. A story called The War of Jokes and Riddles. Sounds you, fun. What's it sound like? It sounds like... Mysterious Batman? and funny. It sounds like Batman is trying to stop a war between the Riddler and the Joker. Guess what? It's not any of that. What is All it? that is happening, but it's happening in the background of these issues. What happened in this latest Batman book is that it's Kite Man's origin story. Well, How does know- Kite Man figure into the behind the scenes? Kite Man worked a job with the Joker at some point. Deadshot needs to find the Joker, so he goes to Kite Man. Batman learns about that connection. 
So Batman threatens Kite Man into getting another meeting with the Joker. Like, it's it's not anything you want it to be. You want to see Batman fighting the Riddler and the Joker burning down Gotham City. It's none of that. It's all this weird behind-the-scenes stuff. Like, Kite Man is never a good villain. I know Jeff Johns set a precedent in the early 2000s where he's going to write comic book characters. He's going to write these obscure heroes. He's going to bring out the best in them. Tom King doesn't have the knack that Jeff Johns has for bringing out the essence of a character and making them relatable for a modern audience. There's nothing wrong with digging out obscure characters and using them in the way that, you know, Jeff Johns, Kevin Smith has used them in the past, but uh, I don't know. Just to like... Right, yeah. Slam them in there into something that... Right, there isn't. And if... If you're going along in your Batman run and it's a one and done issue, here's Kite Man's story. Sure. But this entire War of Jokes and Riddles arc, the first issue was about Joker and the Riddler. Hey, Mm -hmm. here's why they're fighting. And the two issues since have been, well, here's all this, here's what's going on in Gotham City while the story that you want to read isn't being told to you in these pages. It's been a fucking mess. And it's a waste of Michael uh, Michael Janine's art. It's a waste of... of um, is it Michael Janine or is it Michael Janin? It's Janine because he's got the accent over the eye. Is it the same dude from... Same, uh, yeah, same dude. Yeah. Same so we've dude. been saying it wrong just, for yeah, like same dude. five years. Right. Same dude. And uh, uh, Clay Man, who drew the most recent issue, a waste of their work because the stories are just... Dumb. So more of that review heat on mixos.com. You can also find us at Facebook, on Twitter, and Instagram. So if you go to any of your social media outlets, type in MCSOSS, you're more than likely to find us. So Comic Con International San Diego 2017 was this past weekend uh, Ian went there once I went there once back in 2014 for my honeymoon Matt and I we've never been there Matt you've never been there nope do you want to go no 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 do you want to experience it I, once okay so I've decided recently that I hate everything I, I think I do <laughs> for for as much for like as much multimedia that happens there, it is still the Comic-Con of Comic-Cons. I guess so, but what what makes a Comic-Con a Comic-Con? Whenever I used to go to Comic-Cons, when I first started going, it was about the artists, it was about the comic books, it was about seeing like some kind of cool bootleg videos yeah. or DVDs. Now it's... What movie trailers are there going to be? What celebrities are there going to be? The comic book aspect of it for comic for San Diego Comic Con is completely relegated to like I don't even want to say second fiddle. It's it's like it's well, not even an instrument anymore, man. Well, it's still the movies are about the source material that we know and love. It, yeah, but. They're not about comic books. Comic books and movies are different. They're they're completely different. 
consumable forms of entertainment. I, I understand and, that, but the Hulk is still somebody that has his basis in comic books. Okay, and okay. A, a movie the, about the Hulk is somewhere in the ballpark of reasonability to be interested in. Are you interested in a movie that has Thor and the Hulk in it, Matt? Yes, yes. Okay. Well, they're going to debut the new trailer. I think that's cool. You know what? I'm interested in all aspects of these characters. I think it's very interesting. But we seem to start and stop at the movies. We don't talk about comic books. We don't talk about any other cool peripheral things. Maybe like the new Spider-Man video game that's coming out. Maybe uh, music, a soundtrack, you know, anything like that. It's strictly about the movies and the actors that act in them. And they're incredibly formulaic in terms of what a convention is anymore. They're all the same. Star Wars Celebration and San Diego Comic-Con, Disney's D23 shit. All these ridiculous panels with these dummies that will get up at three in the morning, wait in line for something that they're going to see that's going to be online almost at the same time. Are you insane? the Infinity War. You know what, Paul? Are you going to wait for seven hours in a line sitting on the concrete like a fucking bum, like a homeless bum? Matt, I'm an old. There are also other things that you can do whenever you're at Comic-Con. Lots of other things. In fact, you can go and not wait in any of those lines and have... And get into no panels. You can get it. I went to see fucking Jim Lee. I didn't have to wait around at all. I walked you right got in. into the comic book artist panel, right? Who gives? A, that's what I wanted to see, because I'm a comic book fan, and he is a hero to me. Right. So I wanted to see him. Okay, draw. cool. That's fantastic. That, I mean, I mean, like there are still panels. Like there are panels just like that all over Comic Con. They don't make it online. They're not on the Sci-Fi Channel's Comic Con review, right? But they still exist. Okay, like okay. that experience is still there for those right. who want to take is. it all. And in. I don't, I don't mean to disparage the greater Comic Con experience, the greater San Diego Comic Con experience, by being all about the movies. I'm sure there were plenty of Marvel, DC, Valiant image panels that dealt with the books, but. For people that weren't there, like us, that didn't have the Comic-Con itinerary, like, I spent a good bit of time today looking, trying to find comic book news. I know the bulk of McSauce readership wants to hear us break down Ragnarok trailer, Justice League trailer, how funny Ezra Miller was in the Justice League trailer, hear, hear Venom from the McSauce podcast. But, like, I also wanted to hear new comic book news. And for as much as I looked today, it seemed the only actual comic book news was from DC. Uh, Marvel, all every Marvel headline was um, Black Panther cast shows up. They saw the trailer for the first time. They rejoiced. Uh, the Thor Ragnarok trailer won every day of Comic-Con for the rest of every 20 Comic-Cons past this. Um... There was uh, the, the Ms. Marvel, Ms. Marvel, Ms. Marvel is Ms. Marvel going to be in the nineties. Fight the scrolls and the scrolls. Yeah, it was all it was all big. Which Marvel is interesting, movies. but it is a shame that we don't have any actual genuine comic book news, right? Like at all, not not just like headlining, but at all. I spent a good 
amount of time before we got on the mics tonight. Now, just looking for comic right. book news, I couldn't find that. Ian, correct me if I'm wrong. You're wrong. Marvel hasn't. I'm correct. Yeah, because you definitely will, right? Marvel hasn't actually announced their entire lineup of Marvel Legacy. Well, they've announced the lineup, but they haven't announced all the creators. Is that correct? That is correct. Now, why would they not announce all the creators at Comic-Con when doesn't the new previews that solicits Marvel Legacy come out like this week? Could be. A, a devil's advocate, a possibility is that they're waiting for D23. Isn't that in a couple weeks or No, D23 like already no. happened. It already happened. Okay. Well, then devil's advocate, I'm totally wrong. I have no <laughs> idea what Dummy's advocate. Yeah, I have no idea what I'm talking about. So what other yeah, what other think, logical uh, excuse could there be? Um, they, I mean, they talk. Uh, they do a lot of uh, solicitations at Baltimore Comic Con, which is a sort of like a smaller scale Comic Con, but it is it's the comic book. It's fans like Comic-Con. yeah, it's more about the comic book right. creators. But and when is that? When is that? That's in September, so that's way late after into that's the legacy September starts. Eleventh, twelfth, and fourteenth. Yeah, so that's like way not deep. the thirteenth. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Do they skip a day in there, Paul? <laughs> they need a they need a day the, off. Well, Baltimore's Baltimore's Balti- four days, right? It's only three days. Eleventh, twelfth, and fourteenth, and thirteenth. <laughs> so there there was some comic book news. There was some comic book news that I wanted Sorry. to comment on tonight because I'm pretty excited about it. Why don't you talk about it, Paul? Uh, two of my favorite comic book creators, writer Jeff Lemire, Lemire. I'm not going to get on your shit. You can call him whatever you want. Uh, Jeff, I'm going to stick with I Jeff. Say, I'm going to stick with Jeff Lemire. It, it it sounds be- it feels better on my tongue. Cuz it's like a little different than everybody else would pronounce it. Uh yeah, like you know, Jeff Lemire was responsible for the new 52's Animal Man run. Right. Which was a gold standard of comic book comic book arc when the new 52 came out. Right. That was a great fucking run on a book. Right. Uh, Jeff Critical Lemire, fan, like acclaim. Right. Cr- critically acclaimed Sweet Tooth from Jeff Lemire. Little little indie book. Uh, you know, Jeff Lemire has been crushing comic book writing for a long time. Right. He is partnering with Doc Shaner, Evan Shaner, Doc. What kind of doctor is he? Uh, a, he's doctor a doctor of fucking of- awesome art. He's a doctor of sweetheart. Uh, uh, Doc Shaner's done. He's done Shazam for DC. Uh, most recently, he's done Future Quest for DC. I love Doc Shaner's. Artwork. I'm a fan of his he's Instagram so fucking account good. where he just he's, draws random sweet ass vintage like retro looking Superman. Yeah, all he over is the place. Uh, like he is a Darwin Cook disciple. That's the kind of style that that, that he presents. Uh, Doc Shaner, like I, I love his art. Anything he's anything he's gonna put out from this point, I'm I'm gonna check it out. Being that he's paired with Jeff Lemire, who an, another writer that I love, they're doing a book for DC called The Terrifics. Another reason why I like this book is that it's kind of they're kind of throwing it in the face of Marvel. Like you're afraid to do a Fantastic Four book? Fuck you. We're gonna do a Fantastic Four book. Explain to in the, the absence of the Fantastic Four. Explain in the to the comic fans landscape. at home, like why this is a Fantastic Four 
Um, DC's Fantastic Four. It's kind of there. There are enough abilities uh, between the members of the Terrifics and the Fantastic Four that cross over that will mimic a Fantastic Four style book. It's going to be like a weird sciency adventure book. Uh, the members of the Terrifics are Mr. Terrific. What's his power? Mr. Terrific is a genius. Essentially, in the DC universe, it's Lex Luthor, Bruce Wayne, Michael Holt. Third smartest Mr. man. Terrific. Third Michael smartest Holt, man. Third smartest man in, in the DC universe. Those are your DC geniuses. It's Michael Holt, Mr. Terrific. Metamorpho, shape changer, can become any element on the elemental scale. Uh, Phantom Girl, former legionnaire who can phase in and out of objects, very similar to Susan Storm and Kitty Pride, and Plastic Man, who is essentially silly Reed Richards. So we're getting a lot of different elements of the Fantastic Four in this Terrifics book. Just the name, the Terrifics. I want it's them to have 60s, a big. It's got a '60s feel to it. I want them to have a T on their chest in a circle that's like almost like the four. <laughs> the they released artwork for it already. They're not all gonna have T's, but boo! They doc. are. They what are the, the Terrifics. The artwork is is similar. The suits, kind of similar, and uh, I think this is Jeff Jeff Lemire and uh, Doc Shaner's attempt at making a really good. Fantastic Four book and being that Marvel can't use the Fantastic Four because of the weird Fox thing and they don't want to hype someone else's property no they can use they, they can, can use do whatever they want because the movies are more important than the comic books yeah, and all that bullshit they're way too stubborn DC's gonna release a really cool uh, sci-fi adventure book I'm really excited about this this was almost my favorite news coming out of Comic-Con, the two of my favorite creators are going to get together on a, a, a kind of an obscure book, uh, a book with characters that are have always been in the periphery of, of the DC universe. I am so excited about it's this. It's taking a lot of uh, old themes and mel- melding them into something that's new. The Terrifics isn't a isn't a thing like they're just making it a thing, right? Yeah, right. Yeah. The, so that's kind of cool. Mr. Terrific has never had his own book. Yeah. Well, he's he's had his own book. He's never had his own team, right? You know, he's been a part of the Outsiders, but the Outsiders is traditionally Batman's Batman team. centric. Yep. So, yeah, like two two creators. I'm a big fan of. Really looking forward to this book. Jeff Lemire is also writing a new Hawkman book. Uh, I guess they're wait, gonna reboot wait, Hawkman. Paul, yeah, Matt. I thought you said the um, the artist was gonna be uh, Doc Shaner. Uh, from what I'm seeing, it's gonna be Ivan Reyes. For the Terrifics? Yes. Wait. Uh, Jeff Lemire is returning to DC. This is from Newsarama. Jeff Lemire is returning to DC after his Marvel exclusive for a new superhero family titled The Terrifics with artist Ivan Reyes. Oh, no. That is from Newsarama. Um, maybe Ivan Reyes is going to be doing the covers. But Doc there, Shaner's been posting a lot of terrific stuff for someone only doing the covers. Uh, Doc Shaner is, has been announced as the second artist on the second arc. So Ivan Reyes will do the first initial arc of the Terrifics, and Doc Shaner will probably pick up the second six books. Matt, 
What? Excellent job doing your research there. Ivan Rias. Thank you. A guy I'm very familiar with. He was responsible for Jeff John's Blackest Night arc on Green Lantern. Big, big, big guy on the Jeff John's Green Lantern stuff. You can't go wrong with Ivan Rias or Doc Shaner. I think that's a pretty powerful one-two combination. This there. is a legit like, one-two combo. Lessen my interest in it. It only enhances it. So I'm excited that you're wrong, Paul. As always, I'm you're fucking wrong. <laughs> oh, I'm. I couldn't be more excited about about my being wrong. Was there any comic book news that you guys came across? There really wasn't, and that's what I'm talking about, man. Like, there's never. I mean, especially this year, this is such a poor showing for comic books this year, which really is baffling considering I've come to the kind of acceptance that Marvel Legacy is going to be a monumental letdown. I thought there would be more Marvel Legacy news, That's but it what wasn't I thought screaming too. in the headlines. Not at all. It was If it was Marvel, it was about a movie or a TV show. And that's really disheartening. As much as we enjoy that stuff, this is this would be the prime opportunity to really tout like what what we can expect from Marvel Comics going forward. It seemed like there was some kind of roundabout acknowledgement that maybe they haven't been doing things exactly right. So now it's time for a change. And they were silent on the issue this year. And that's weird because... Marvel Legacy is coming in like two months. This is th- this is the opportunity to really get the word out and and be kind of like upfront and transparent about maybe some things that we can expect. And none of it was there. And you know, Marvel's not the only guilty company. I didn't hear anything exciting out of Image. I didn't hear anything exciting out of Valiant. Like you said, Paul, DC was kind of the only company that seemed to be making any headlines. Now, granted, and those, it's and, not necessarily the company's fault what makes headlines versus what doesn't, but it just seems like that's what people give a crap about, and well, that's I mean, a shame. There aren't any announcements. Like that's the thing. Like it is on the company for not announcing things. Like, well, maybe there were like certain artist announcements or things like that. Like I don't know. Here, Jeff Lemire moved from Marvel to DC. That's, you know, kind of a big deal. Um, Do you think that if there were any announcements, Newsrama or IGN or any of the sites that we go to? I would would like to think that, but I don't think artists and writers jumping from one company, maybe jumping on to a different title or something, really makes headlines like it used to for a few reasons. One, I just think the age of the superstar creator is kind of over compared to what it used to be. Number two, I think these guys have such ridiculously short stints. And not only that, inconsistent stints. Three issues here, take a break, do a few more, boom, off the book. There's just not enough. They don't make their mark enough for it to be a big deal for them to go do something else because they they don't... They're just not consistently relevant and i think that that's kind of what hurts the the legacy of these creators i think i like i agree with that i think that the the artists aren't on the books for long enough to make their mark they're still out there i still think that there are highly talented 
creators, but maybe it just isn't in their like in their best interests to stick on a book for a long period of well, time, like financially. It you know could I mean? be. I, I do. I think that Marvel and DC now, compared to what they used to be like in the nineties and even the early two thousands, they are such a business. Like look at DC. They don't miss deadlines. Their books come out every single four weeks or two weeks, you know, depending on what it is. And they don't miss. Like l- look at like everything that started with um Rebirth uh, a year ago is exactly like on the same issue on the same, you know, Wednesday. And like, that's kind of nice because you can absolutely count on that book coming out that day. But that means if a creator can't get their book done for whatever reason, then they give it to somebody else and it creates a sense of inconsistency. And like, I mean, that's not to say the talent is any worse today than it used to be. 10, 15, 20 years ago, it might be even be better today than it was then. There's just a different niche it's, of, you know, cover exclusive artists. Yeah, but like, like... That didn't exist in the 90s. Man. No, it didn't. And I think that... So, 20 years ago, certain creators would absolutely sell books. I feel like that's a, a very limited... Um, amount of comic books are sold based on the creator. Usually it's probably the writer that's going to sell it more than it's especially like not a thing for artists anymore. I don't know why exactly. Like I, I mean, I think there's a lot of factors like I outlined, but I don't think there's like a thing that I can pinpoint why that is exactly like a hundred percent. I don't think that the companies promote the artists in the same way. That they used to. That I think that's fair. Um, I mean, I don't know. Like, Matt, you're you're a pretty learned comic book fan, but have you do you, like have you ever seen Doc Shaner's stuff ever before? Like, I do. You, like, I, he's somebody that I feel like back in the '90s, if he was around, like that would be somebody that would be put on a pedestal for the way that he draws and the stuff that he brings. Um, somebody like Phil Noto, like, would be a fucking superstar back in the '90s. Where now he's like, ah, oh, you know, he does some some books here and there, and well, some is it, covers here and there, but like, is it a mat? Like, yeah, I get you know the bigger deal is like artists aren't drawing people to books, but why aren't why are why aren't we seeing more comic book news out of companies at Comic Con as we are all this other shit? Do we think it goes hand in hand as well? Like maybe the companies aren't promoting like the what's the best way to promote your book? To have some fucking killer spread or some killer cover by some like awesome either up and coming or established artists. Like that's the best way to do it. Or maybe it's, maybe it's like with Marvel, it's, Hey, you know, the new Dan slot Phil Noto book isn't going to come near the press. The new Ragnarok trailer is going to get. So let's save this for, you know, a week after Comic-Con and then we'll announce the big... Could be. The new Thor promo, the new Spider-Man promo. You know, let's face it. The Good money day. the money for these companies is coming from films. It's not coming from comic books. Comic books is not that profitable yeah. relative to film, right? And now they're able to 
realize all the crazy shit that ever went on in the pages of these comics, they can finally put it on the screen in a believable way or whatever. And now that just makes comic books less and less relevant. I mean, I don't know what that means for the future of the medium, but it's just kind of a bummer, you know, like that the comic books are like an afterthought when that's kind of like, for me, that's the most important thing. That's the reason we are sitting here tonight is because of the comic books. Yeah. It's, it, it also is a bummer because this year was the 25th anniversary for a few different image studios. I know that, yeah, um, you know, Rob Liefeld's extreme image mm -hmm. or extreme studios that was a uh, part of image had its 25th anniversary. I think, I guess, uh, homage studios with, uh, Jim Lee and, uh, uh, Wilts Pretorcio like was part of homage. Did that become Wildstorm? It became. I do think it became Wildstorm, mm -hmm. but I think it when it started, it was just like Wetworks and yeah. But like that's Wild not an Cats. anniversary. It didn't keep going. It fucking ended. Um, I think it just grew like and changed and morphed into something different. I believe that they still had a gathering with all the people and. What did Marvel Comics used to be called? Timely. Timely Comics. Do right. we celebrate like the 120th anniversary of Timely Comics? Well, no, because all those people are dead. But, but it morphed all, and changed into Marvel. Well, right, but I guess all those people still got together this week whenever they were at Comic-Con because yeah. they're still working in the industry and had okay. a nice little photo and okay. like all right. met fans and signed off on stuff. But I guess it's garbage now because it turned into something that it isn't anymore. Uh, I guess we can just throw it in the trash. What else? There was uh, Top Cow. Top Cow still exists. Then there was McFarlane Productions and, and then Eric Larson got it. I feel like McFarlane productions and whatever eric larson was doing those were like solo deals like they didn't branch into any like studio kind of thing that had uh well mcfarland did sure like mcfarland did other things outside of comics that branched no no, out. no no man like different comics like it branched out with other spawn things like spawn the dark ages and sam and twitch but it also brought in things like the crow the kiss psycho circus comic book like it, I, all, it all felt really self-contained. Like it didn't feel like it was a big studio kind of thing. Uh, well, I don't. But it it was. It was a studio. That was all kind of part of the. How how about the McFarland news that broke this week? Do you want to talk about that, Matt? I'd love to. Fill me in. He announced that um, there's a director for the Spawn movie. There's some. This is news I'm pretty excited about. Okay, who's the director? Todd McFarlane. Todd McFarlane's going to direct Spawn? From Blumhouse. That is correct. And for those who didn't hear, because I don't believe that Paul was on mic, Todd McFarlane is going to direct the Spawn movie, and it's going to be a horror joint from Blumhouse, which is a famous small-budget kind of horror studio but they've produced a lot of um pretty quality movies recently such as wow let me let me pull up the blumhouse record here so i believe that some of the this was a an announcement that was made at comic-con yes because i missed out on this one i actually didn't didn't catch that 
Yes, it was a uh, it was an announcement that was made on I believe it was made on Saturday. Now here's the thing, Ian. They have been talking about making a new Spawn movie for, in all seriousness, like a decade, right? Right. Do you honestly believe this is going to happen, or is it just going to be more talk and no actual? Blumhouse is a pretty serious production studio. Like I don't think they go about any of this lightly. They don't you know, hand out deals lightly. They mm-hmm. are responsible for things such as this year's darling get out mm-hmm. insidious split paranormal, paranormal activity, sinister, a whole handful of things that have been, I've seen none of those. That's see that, Matt, that's pretty crazy. That you've seen none of those. You, you seen haven't seen Insidious. You haven't seen Split. Not, those kind of horror movies don't seem to appeal to me. I, I think that you would like Insidious, honestly. But despite your, despite the fact that you haven't seen any of those, yeah, all those movies have made a lot of money. Um, they are relatively pretty, right. Relatively a lot of money. They. They're low production, so they're, they're famous for, movies. They're all, especially for, Get Out, right? Is, for horror movies, Get Out doesn't even seem like like a horror movie. That's more of a thriller. Is that right? I guess I didn't see it, but I know that it's one of the one of the more higher um, critically acclaimed movies yeah, of this I've heard past that. year. I don't know. Like it can't make the money that a Wonder Woman right. or Spider Man Homecoming makes, but it's still for what it was made a lot of money. Mm-hmm. Like. So Blumhouse's record is pretty, pretty pristine. No, I I, I'm not denying that, but you said like a lot of money. It's all it's all relative, lot, though. Yeah, because yeah, sure. Uh, relative to how much Matt, why don't I'll, you I'll want Spawn to I'll be good? Relative to how much <laughs> they paid. Why are you they, trying to railroad like, this movie at every turn? <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, Todd McFarlane, the accomplished director that is Todd McFarlane. I'm not saying it was fucking good. I just. Was reporting like who we're who it was? Man. We're just reporting like, the news. Is it, we're not saying Todd McFarlane's going to be the next Spielberg, right? So, so, exactly. so should I pretend that I think that so that way you think that I think it's going to be a good why movie? You, is that what you're, you're no? Fighting? But why are you there are this? enough accomplished horror producers at Blumhouse uh-huh. to maybe steer a first-time director in the right direction. Um, Get Out had a budget of four point five million and it made one hundred seventy five million. So is that a lot of money? I don't know. You tell me. Yeah, that's a lot of okay. money. I think that's a bit of the exception, though. Like I think if you look at the rest of that studio stuff, they're not going to come near that that figure. But um, no, but they haven't. They they haven't had a property that, like Spawn. True. To work with. True. I, look, I think this could be good. You know, Rob Zombie direct or made music and he directed movies and some are terrible but some I really like so I'm not saying that it can't be good I just it sounds about right for Todd McFarlane a little egotistical right what it sounds Ins- like to me Insidious is this- had a budget of 1.5 and made 54 million mm-hmm. so you know how- it seems like they more than like quadruple what they put in this so is, it this like is they what have it- a good this is what it sounds like to me. You know how Stanley Kubrick did The Shining? Yes. And it was an amazing movie. Yes. Critically acclaimed. Yes. And Stephen King hated it. And then Stephen King did his own decades later with Stephen Weber. I remember as that. As a TV miniseries. And no one really liked it. But it was still 
Stephen King's vision. This is Stephen King. Stephen King's King direct that? Ideal. I don't think he directed it, but this was what he wanted. Okay. And it kind of stunk. Yeah. I think that could be what the Spawn movie is. A it's, stinker. Could be. It could be yeah, right. exactly what Todd McFarlane it's, wants. It's weird that but you it may don't not have be good. Fa- like, didn't Todd McFarlane direct all the animated? I know it's different, but didn't he have a hand in directing the animated series stuff? I, I don't know. I didn't think so, but maybe he did. I, I don't, have no idea. I don't know. I thought he did. I thought he had. You thought he did thought, because Jason Kumpfmiller is going to research this and bust your ass. Your ass, well, not mine and Matt's. Well, your that's, ass. That's so fine. you better do your research. I'll do it right now, just like I did the Blumhouse fucking production <laughs> budgets and uh, what they like, made at the I, box office. I want to. I want to believe that the the combo of Todd McFarlane and Blumhouse are gonna come together in unison, in harmony, and create a really good scary horror Spawn movie. Because like a lot of what I know from Spawn is scary stuff, but it. Also may wind up like the Stephen King, Stephen Weber, Shining miniseries, which is a little less impactful than what Stanley Kubrick, a real director, did. <laughs> yeah, I, I think that they should probably get somebody different to direct it. But I mean, I, like it could be with a worse. So it sounds studio. like these movies have really low budgets to start with, right? Well, they're um, horror movies, which are traditionally lower but, budgeted than anything else, right? But Spawn. I guess you could probably do it on a shoestring budget, but like, can you? But Spawn has tons of like his look alone. Every scene he's in I is know. a big effect. I I think they're gonna use a lot of shadows and things to cover things up. Maybe I mean, but like, at some point, doesn't he have to be in hell? Like, I mean, I guess there's a lot of different interpretations. But if you're making the pages come to life, granted, Spawn hasn't exactly been. Like, when you look at it today, like, what it looks like in the comics today, there's not a whole lot of, like, craziness in it. But, like, back when it first started, there would... He fought... Remember the Violator, that character? Yeah, what he looks yeah. like? What, are they going to do that? You can't put Andy Serkis in a suit for that? I, no, I don't think so. Yeah, that's a big... That's a big CG monstrosity. I, I would... To do a good, a good Violator at this point, it needs to have the budget of what... They did for Optimus Prime in the Michael Bay Transformers movies. It is so CGI. At the very least, it will be the budget for Azog and the Hobbit movies. It's all CG. Like, you can't create that character without CG. Same with the clown. Like, I don't... What's the clown's name? The The clown. clown. Like, I don't think you can really get away with a suit for that. Well... uh... Was John Leguizamo good enough in the suit? Yeah. Actually, I think he was. I think he was one of the best parts of that movie. That movie so wanted to be good. It just didn't have, like, the budget to do it. It's like everyone believed, but the budget just didn't match up. Yeah, yeah. Uh, But anyway, like, hey, look, I think it's cool that they're bringing it to life somehow. I'm hoping it'll be good. It's not like I'm going to shit on it until, like, it comes out, but, like, eh, whatever, we'll see. So, we talked a lot about 
a lot of different things that happened at Comic-Con, but what San Diego International 2017 Comic-Con is all about is movie news. How about that? And we got a lot of movie news. So, Matt, what's what's the biggest bit of movie news that you got? What's the most fun bit of movie news? What is most important Let's to you? Let's go to the what guy who's pretty salty about the fact that they have movie news at all and ask him. Oh, but Matt is also it. the movie guy. That's true. You should be happy about this. This is insane that you're not happy. No, that- I, I am. I, I'm happy that these things exist, but I'm not happy that they've completely hijacked what what a convention used to be. And not only that, Ian, but like they they kind of all feel the same. You know, the granted, this yes, Tom there McFarlane are Blumhouse thing is totally fucking crazy. Like, and I I would think that that would be right up your alley, but you kind of just missed it. Just. On the face. Like I, I dismissed I, it on the face. Yeah. Like I slapped it. Yeah. Dismiss you on the face. Right on your face. I dismiss you. <laughs> it's a filthy. No, I, I, I mean, yeah, like I that's don't. super I, different. It's different, but like, okay, you know what? Let's see what you got, McFarland. because if this isn't any good, then you got no one to ever blame but yourself. I don't know. I mean, Todd McFarlane's taken a lot of things into his own hands and turn them into gold. So I wish he would spend this time drawing. That's what but, I wish. But he's not. He's going to direct maybe a pretty scary Spawn movie. So let's do it. Let's see what let's see what it's like. All right. So is there any is there anything redeemable about the movies that were announced at Comic Con this weekend? Well, okay. The the two big ones are the Justice League and R- Thor Ragnarok. Now there was some Infinity War stuff that they showed. That didn't actually make it out to the public unless you were, you know, savvy enough to go find the bootleg of it with You're some woman's savvy. head. Did you find it? Yeah, I found it. Did you really? Yeah, I did. Oh, you son of a bitch. Your shit's going to be infested with, uh, with, uh. It was on YouTube. It was really? On, yeah, it, it was just before it got taken down. Ah, uh, son of a. Was it, it cool? So yeah, we don't cool. we don't get to watch this. You can't find it no. now to share with us. I don't know. I don't know. But what I can tell you is, it was kind of cool seeing something where all the characters from all the Marvel movies were together. Mm-hmm. Now I didn't see a whole lot of togetherness as much as I saw like, okay, here's a here's a little bit with the Guardians, and here's a little bit with Spider Man, and there's a little Doctor Strange there. Um. And here's a whole lot of Iron Man. Um, I saw a break a breakdown of the three posters today, and everyone seemed to be broken up in teams. So what that led me to believe was that going into the movie, we're gonna see, you know, Cap, Falcon, and Scarlet Witch doing this. We're gonna see the Guardians with Thor and Loki over here. Uh, Weirdly, Gamora, Nebula, and Iron Man doing something else. This and like there was, there seemed to be a lot of different, different um, theaters of war, theaters of an infinite war happening in this movie to so that we don't actually see everyone together, but they're all they're all fighting for the same cause, but all in different places. Hmm. Well, 
I don't know. It was very hard to piece everything together because it was a really crappy bootleg. There was a woman's head, I believe, like in the foreground that was kind of in the way. So it was cutting off the view a little bit. You know, Thanos looked like a big purple CGI guy. Kind of like how Hulk looks like a big green CGI guy. Um, it didn't seem to resemble, you know, the Infinity Gauntlet at all, the story that it's based. I think it's only based in name, much like yeah. Well, you have Thanos. He's got the gauntlet. Like, hey, right. Ultron's here. Right, Matt, yep. do you think it was gonna be like the story? You gotta let go. You gotta let go of that old I, school. I sentimentality. I thought that there could be some elements other than the fact that the main bad guy is the same and he wears a glove. This is gonna I thought be there'd as, be maybe a little bit more. This is gonna be as close to Infinity Gauntlet as Civil War was to Civil War. Which actually, is Iron Man and Captain America Paul, are Paul, I it. actually think that Civil War will have been closer to the source material. It's not very, right? Well, we doesn't, doesn't Infinity Gauntlet have to deal with... It's like all Thanos and Adam Warlock and space stuff. Yeah. And there's a little smattering of the Avengers. Mm, kind of. Right? I mean, the the Infinity Gauntlet story is a story about Adam Warlock and Thanos. Everybody else is one of a those characters we haven't even seen yet. Right, and they were so busy doing stupid shit like Age of Ultron rather than establishing Adam Warlock, who is supposed to be the main protagonist in the Infinity Gauntlet story. But Matt, this is instead he's an after the, like a, a credit. Bumper sequence. Well, tell me how you would have reorganized. Oh my god! Well, that's a loaded question. I got to think about it for a second. But all I'm here for is loaded questions. What would I do? I would. I would probably not make the Avengers two about um, Ultron and Tony Stark's AI and all that stuff. I I would have gone towards setting the foundation for introducing Adam Warlock and making him a major player rather than tacking him on at the end of guardians of the galaxy Two, not even just a mention of him i just the timing doesn't seem to add up to make him the main guy now of course uh there's um in a way i think that you almost need to have like in you need to have an extra guardians movie or something like that like you to need bridge to have it more to- more space stuff like you need to take out the second Thor movie and like the way that the second Thor movie was all earthbound and you needed to advance that to like the space bound shit earlier. Like you needed to push more things into space earlier. Maybe. Yeah. So that you maybe. could get like more of a sense of Ad- mm-hmm. like, it feels natural now that we're going to possibly get Adam Warlock rolled in, mm-hmm. but I feel like you need another Guardians movie with and, Adam Warlock as a side character and I still, for you to give a shit about him. In, You're totally uh, right. I, he's, I, hey, I always am, you know what I mean? And here's another thing, and I know they don't have the rights to the Silver Surfer, but the Silver Surfer plays a giant role. Like, So you got Adam Warlock, Thanos, and the next most important character in that story is Silver Surfer. And I realize they don't have the rights, but freaking Disney, get them. Do what you have to do to get that character in Matt, there. They can't do it at this point. They can't. They can't do it. Yes, just, they can. 
let go of your sentimentality for a little bit and just read what they've put down so far. Yeah, read Disney it. could throw a billion dollars at Fox and get that character, but it's not going to mean fucking anything because no one gives a fuck about Silver Surfer. People give a shit about Chris Evans and Robert Downey Jr. and Chris Pratt. No one cares about Silver Surfer, who you're going to introduce in an, in minute one of the movie and then kill an hour and a half later. No one cares about that. Like, someone that we've Wait, already been introduced to. Why would they kill him an hour and a half later? My point is Silver Surfer doesn't matter. We we don't fucking know him. We haven't we haven't had movies with because him. That's this what... is not your Infinity Gauntlet. It's not even Infinity Gauntlet. It's Infinity War. You need to let go of all that sentimentality. <laughs> if it's Infinity War, Paul, we're all the doppelgangers. That would be pretty awesome. It's not. It's something totally different. We don't like that. So either. you can't be fucking mad at it because this isn't this isn't that bullshit. We're not going to get Adam Warlock. We're gonna. We're not going to get all that silly space stuff because we don't know it. No one fucking gives a shit. People going, people getting excited, stroking their big Marvel cocks to Infinity War are not excited about Adam Warlock and Corvus Glaive and Proxima Midnight and all those ridiculous fucking names in that fucking Marvel universe. No one gives a shit. People give a shit about Captain America and Iron Man, maybe Winter Soldier. They care about Falcon. They care about Ant-Man. And Chris Pratt, they don't give a shit about all that Marvel cosmic nonsense. Paul, they only give a shit about what they've already seen, right? Like That's what I'm saying. They haven't seen Silver Surfer or Adam Warlock. All those characters you want in this, no one's seen. No one gives a shit. So that's not what they're going to do. So stop... Stop poo-pooing and pouty-facing because you're not getting the 90s representation of Infinity Garbage in this movie because it's not going to be it. Take what they're giving you. Were you going to tell me to shut up? Yes, shut your mouth for a second. So what I was saying was they should have gotten these characters and introduced them earlier. Like Ian and I spoke about um, while you were formulating your ridiculous dummy rant. You're right. That- That's a ridiculous dummy rant. You're a ridiculous dummy for holding on to all this old 90s bullshit. This is not what we're getting. You know this isn't what we're getting. We're not rewriting the entire Marvel universe. Therefore, we're writing what's we, happened. Therefore, we don't have to be critical of anything. We can we're just writing smile what's happened up until right now. He didn't smile. He didn't smile. Just take whatever they serve you. That's why you should like whatever uh, they give you in the Justice League. That's what you're getting. You're not getting your comics. Just enjoy it, man. My arguments about you're not allowed. Ah, 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 ah. You can't criticize. You're not allowed. My arguments you can't about criticize. The- Interrupt me all you want. My, inter- you my arguments about the Justice League aren't because. Stupid. Oh boo hoo! They're not including some '90s characters that I used to love as a kid. It's because they're they're fucking not writing up it the way Jeff Johns does. Because they're fucking because up I love Jeff Johns. The they're fucking up the core of who these characters are. They're introducing the, dude, weird. Nobody shit. Nobody cares they're what these characters are shit. in the stupid comic books you read in 2002, man. This is what they are in 2017 in the movies. Matt, this isn't about no, no, what no, dummy. I'm using your own logic against you. No, you're using an your Ian's own lo- tactic of. Interrupting me with your own point, like I'm using, like Matt, you're mad because they're not in, they're not adhering to what you read as a kid. That's what you're mad about. They're not writing, they're not bringing Infinity Gauntlet 
to the screen. Is that is that why you're mad because they're not translating the characters that you read in the books into the movies the way that no, you want them to? No, because this Justice League story is a brand new story that I don't think they're doing right. I think they're telling it wrong. Like Infinity War is a brand new story that they're telling. But you're still mad about it. I'm not mad about how they're telling. I'm not mad about how they're telling. The what are you Infi- mad about? Uh, Justice League. You're mad about. What are you mad? I, what, what that, are you you're mad, mad about? about that they're I, not well, it telling It doesn't matter you what I'm mad. What are you mad? Because about? there's no story to base this off of. There's no story to base Justice League off of. You're mad that they're not telling your precious story from your child. And you're mad that they're not translating your precious characters the way that you think they are in the books. No, I'm mad that they're telling a good story poorly. They're I'm telling evaluating a good story the poorly? story at hand, the story that they're telling now. You're not even evaluating the story that Marvel's telling. You're you're didn't foregoing it, and you're saying no. Didn't come out yet. It, exactly. Like I'm evaluating the story at hand. What DC has given me. You're you're throwing this in the garbage already because no, I'm not, dude. You are. Any, you're throwing you were, Justice League in the garbage already. For episodes, you've said it over and over again. I'm not throwing this in the garbage. I'm saying I wish that it was different. But I'm, dude. Oh, but but oh, you you don't wish that it was different. But I wish it. I wish I had do Silver wish Surfer it was different. in it. I wish I it had do Adam wish Warlock it was in different. It. They should have got these rights to introduce these characters in the beginning of this movie who we never saw before. Who we I don't do have wish any it was emotional different. resonance with. And I wish it was different, but I still think that it looks good. I, I'm excited. I'm. I was even thinking, like, if I had my choice, what would I see? Justice League or Infinity War? Like, if somebody was like, you go see whatever you wanted right now, I'd go see Infinity War. Yeah, I would too. And I didn't even see the leaked footage. Well, hey, you're not allowed to hate Justice League. Neither are you, Sentimental Sam. You didn't <laughs> like something last Sam. week because it wasn't what your precious childhood showed you. I think it was Savage Dragon related. Was it? Matt, you hold on a shit way too long. I am very sentimental. However, I do not hate on things. I can just say like, gee, I wish it was different. But like, I don't automatically hate it if it's not what I wanted or what I expected like you do. You're a little more reserved with your venom. You're like a slow poison. No, you a little, a little bit in the dinner you're, every every week until until your target is dead. Whereas I am like arsenic, a shotgun to the back of the head immediately. <laughs> It's a, just a different kind of murder, but no. it's still it's still murder. You are a classic, classic case of a hater. You you are the exact textbook definition, and you you're just a different kind of definition. You're just a different kind of hater definition. <laughs> I'm not so, a hater, is, man. Is he secondary? Like you know, you have the secondary definition in the dictionary like number two like also also seen as if i don't if i don't like something i'm gonna come out and say i don't like it i don't apologize for it i make no apologies i don't fucking care if i don't like something i don't like it that's it that's the end and that's okay it absolutely and that's okay okay. but if somebody else doesn't like something then that's a problem no larry ganny hates the fuck all the justice league shit all the time and that's fine he's allowed he's allowed he doesn't have the I'm not allowed hate it as much as I do. <laughs> I'm not allowed. <laughs> well, you're gonna have to. It's still. It's can still explain allowed. to the audience why that's okay. It, it, it because I say it's okay. <laughs> that's why. 
No, like, like I, I will, I'll it's just out, come out. From the sound of your uh, phone, it sounds like the audience is ringing in and saying that you're wrong, but that's just me. No, like, I, I don't I, I don't pull any punches. If I don't like something, I don't like Do something. Do you feel like Matt great. was pulling punches whenever he said that it was garbage that they didn't include the two most important characters? Yeah, wait, because, wait, 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 yeah, wait, because wait, as soon as wait, I'm like, wait. Matt, you're being too sentimental, you need to let go of that shit, it's a different story, then all of a sudden... He changes tact and he comes back and attacks me instead of being like, yeah, you're right. I like this story better. They should have done this better. I want these sto- I want these characters in here. Instead of just owning up to it, he attacks me instead. No, I point out the fact that you're a hypocrite. You don't like it if I have an issue of contention, however you are allowed to. Our issues of contention are different. It doesn't matter, man. Like, there's shit that makes me unhappy. Not even. There's stuff that I feel should have been different, and there's stuff that makes you unhappy, and we're allowed to talk about it. Well, you're allowed to talk about it, apparently. Right. That's what I've been saying. It just makes you a hypocrite. It's okay. You're, you're a hater and a hypocrite. Hey, maybe we can go with another H word for the trifecta. The no, H we, trif- the we, triple H. I, I will... I will own I will own the hip, hypocrite monitor. I'll, I will wear the Scarlet H for this argument. That's fine. I, I, I think you're approaching it from I think you're approaching it from the wrong angle. Okay. Like I don't I That's want you to be said. able What was that? That's what she said. I want you to be able to go into Infinity War as its own thing. Like I don't I don't want you to hold on to this old shit. Paul, you know I will. You know that I can do that. But you all, yeah, like, are I you abs- not understanding that, like, I totally understand what it is. I know, I've known there was never any doubt, like, gee, how are they going to make Adam Warlock the main character? I realize he's not going to be. Do I wish that he would be? Yeah, I do. But, like, that doesn't mean I'm not going to like it. Do I think that the Civil War movie should have been more like the comic book? Probably, except for the ending, which was terrible. Yeah. But I really like what we got. I know that, but that's not how you approached it tonight. That's not how you <clears> approach <throat> it most of the time. Okay. Like, you just hold on to this old, this is the way it was, this is the way it should be. So, when you approach it tonight, you're not like, <clears throat> you know what, I understand we're getting a totally different thing. But I'd like this and this and this. Paul- you're like, Disney, they're Disney. They should have fought. They could have got this. They could have done this. Period. End of story. Like, you know they're not going to do that. You just said it. Like, and I know Justice League, they're doing their own Justice League thing. But, like, I don't know. Maybe maybe it is, like, a hypocrite nature that I can't... Like, I I see your point clearer than I see my own point because it's less close to me. Mm Mm-hmm. I'm you not trying to argue at this point. I'm trying to work. I'm honestly trying to yeah. work work through this and, and find out like why, like why I'm against certain things, but I'm accepting of other things. Well, what I'm trying to figure out is why you came at me with such vitriol tonight. It kind of came out of nowhere, but it it's okay. Can you please silence your phone for <laughs> yeah, God's sakes? Who is fucking texting you? It's fucking Steve, man. God damn it! Fuck! I knew I hated him. I think Infinity War is going to be good, even if it's not what I wish it could be. I also think Justice League is going to be good. What did you think of that trailer, Paul? 
Oh, I think it gave me a little more hope than I wanted it to. Hmm. Well, that's, I mean, that's all one could hope for at this point. Ian, did you like it? I thought that the trailer was a lot of fun. I like the poster way better than the trailer. The poster, poster for those of awesome. you that haven't seen it, is a sort of a, an Alex Ross-looking kind of uh, poster. Uh, Alex Ross is famous, famous comic book painter, I would say. I yeah, he's like he's like the Norman Rockwell of comic book art. Right. And uh, just the way that the... Characters were stacked and the type of lighting that was applied. It was so cool to see that. Yeah. So freaking cool. Um, Best movie poster I have seen in years. I just wish they would not have put all the logos in the type like that. That was kind of, you know what it reminded me of whenever, mm -hmm. like whenever I'm doing design work mm -hmm. and I'm trying maybe some kind of a little bit outside the box thinking and I try something, I'm like, ah, nah, it's not working out like I wanted it to. It like and then you get draft right. Kind the, of. Exactly. Then you get rid of it, especially the bat symbol turned on its side. The bat was it, really trying it's, for an right. E. It's like amateur hour. It's for, like that. Those are things that are best left on the cutting room floor. And if they just would have went with the regular type, that would have looked so much better. For those of you, this isn't a visual medium, but for those of you that don't know what we're talking about, Justice League poster that was released this week has the uh, type that says, you can't save the world alone. And all of the logos from the heroes that we all know and love from the Justice League are sort of placed in that that sentence. And I don't know, I, I thought it was all right. I, I like... I don't love it, but I, it doesn't ruin it for me either. I think the poster is still uh, it, really visually striking. Yeah, the, I, the I, I words still really like it. Totally. The words, I feel like, were just created because those are the words that would have had the letters that are, you know, make up all the different characters' logos. Yeah. So, frankly, I would prefer if. It just said, like, I like the all in tagline that they have in the trailer. Yeah. Uh, I like that, and or if they just want to say Justice League or, you know, the age of whatever the age of heroes. I don't know what they want to say. Or even like they have the all in Justice League eleven seventeen. Yeah, like that would be cool, right, right there. Right. Um, but just like the way that it's lit is so um representative of Alex Ross. It's so style. cool looking. I can't think of another movie poster that I was jazzed about like this one. I mean. Because usually most superhero related ones are kind of not real good. Like, which is weird because it's, you it's, know, it's like at some point they all turned into photography versions of Drew Struzan posters. Yeah. Kind of, yeah. Which, like, are, which always just wind up being kind of lame. Like, think of the Iron Man poster and even the, the new Spider Man one, not the one where he's laying no. on the bench or whatever like that one's cool where he's in his jacket with his headphones yeah. on like yeah. that's cool but the one that has tony stark it right. has like big heads little heads something flying around the city right. in the background like it's even, all like photoshop madness yeah you know, like, like the um the force awakens poster that yeah. thing was crazy there was so much crap going on there's such an artistic style to this and yet like yes it's because it's something that we all know and love but it it, it just it really nails it, and it 
it says something like, hey, we give a shit about the source material. It shows these characters as the icons that they are. And and they do feel larger than life. And that's part of what makes this movie such an intriguing proposition is because you're going to see these... I mean, the... (laughs) The Justice League, even more than the Avengers, is like the freaking A-list of superhero teams, right? Like, these are the most famous of the superheroes. Wonder Woman and Batman and Superman, right there. Those are like the three most famous superheroes. Yeah. Um, it, it'll it be like the, the film itself will be interesting. I still I love the arrangements of... Uh, of shots that they selected for the trailer mm-hmm. it makes it look enticing. I'm I'm interested, but I feel like it's still going to be maybe a slog. It's still going to be really long. It's still going to be a lot of CGI destructions. So. It looks like there's a lot of that too. But this Look. trailer, at least, you know, like, no, I I don't know if at least is the right word to use, but they say they seem to use a lot of things that harken back to. Hey, we're gonna go back to Themyscira, and here's some Amazons, and here's a lot of shot of Wonder Woman. You like that, right? It seemed like there was a conscious effort to feature Wonder Woman in this trailer. So, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Um, I mean, in, it, I'll be there whenever they assemble the Justice League. So. Ian, can I throw a little polynomics your way? For this trailer? Absolutely. Remind the viewers or the listeners. We talking two point swing night? We're, we're yeah, what, what are we? We might yeah, be. What, I don't know. We're, remind the listeners. The polynomics do is do, the. Do we want to talk Thor Ragnarok trailer before we do polynomics two point swing? No, let's let's do polynomics for Justice League All and right. then we'll leave that lie. Then we'll go into Ragnarok. Now, polynomics, Paul, as you know, is the inexact scientific ratio. Inexact? I thought, it was, I thought it was exact. <laughs> well, that's why it's polynomics, the inexact <laughs> scientific ratio of see what you did there. excitement to uh, anticipation on a 10-point scale for each, which comes out to equal absolutely nothing. <laughs> so, uh, Paul, why don't we start with you? And we'll get... No, you know what? I'll go first. I'll go first. Okay, go. And we'll save Paul for last since he's probably the... I'm most interested to hear what he has to say for his polynomics. For me, uh, I am probably about a a seven for excitement um, and a six for expectation. Uh, I think this movie has a long way to go until I'm like totally... Yeah. excited and confident especially in it but it's definitely creeping in the right direction I I want to say that I also have a 7 for excitement the trailer didn't give me the 2 point swing that I would hope for but I am it, it held serve like I was excited and it looks it cool, looked like it could let me down a little bit. And it, it looked better fun. than the first trailer. Yeah, this this looked a little bit better. Um, my expectation, I'm going to keep it real. I'm going to keep it at a five. Like, I, It could be really long. It could be really boring. They could drag this out. Um, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep it a seven and a five. Paul? What this movie has going for it is that it doesn't seem to be 
a hodgepodge of two movies mashed into one. So, I mean, that should raise, you know, high tide raises all boats. Does it give so, it a two-point swing? Uh, I don't know, man. I've been so fucking hard on this movie, but I was really fucking jazzed about a couple things in this trailer, and I hate it. I hate that it made me hopeful. I hate that it's shown a little light on my little coal of Justice League heart. <laughs> but does Batman look even a little bit blue in this poster? A little um, bit? A little bit. I... It has nothing to do with Ben Affleck's Batman. Um, I know, I know. It's 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 contrary to everything that I love about Aquaman. But when he looks he, green, when he's he, got blonde hair now, when he rides a parademon down through the building and surfs out the front door on him, <laughs> I'm like, fuck yeah, that's awesome. Really? See, I, I I saw I that and I was that like, I, love that. I saw that and I was like. That's totally radical. I hate that. I, hate I thought that, that I was love stupid. It, I, I, love I think it so I much. I think I hated it until he did the hair flip at the end, and then I was like, "Okay, I like it." Yeah. You know I, what? You're right. <laughs> I I hate that I love it so much, but I thought Aquaman that was so fucking so cool. Fucking rad. Uh, to, well, to balance that out, I hated his delivery of. You know what? I think we're all, all gonna, gonna die. die. Yeah. It didn't feel like Aquaman. It didn't feel like a real character. It didn't feel like this is never. It gonna didn't feel, feel like, like King though. of the Seven Seas. It Do you like that they gave him feel like tips? An like, I feel like that's a new development. Um, I love. I, I love the quick scene that. where it, some, yeah, in the poster, like, and he's got blonde tips, and he, in a couple of shots in, in the trailer, he's got blonde even tips. in Jason Momoa's Comic Con appearances, he was pretty blonde. Yeah. We feeling um, it? Are we feeling it? Well, it's Aquaman's been the biggest the biggest problem for me for me because I like I love flash. traditional Aquaman. Well, Aquaman's been the biggest um, uh, oxymoron for me because Aquamoron? I love Aquamoron <laughs> because I love comic book Aquaman. I love regal, short blonde hair, White. clean shaven, chiseled jaw, king of the seven seas. I'm, I've never been a big fan of like barbarian Aquaman, even in the late '90s. Long hair, beard, hook hand. Never a big fan of that Aquaman. So, but man, do I really like what they're doing with this version? I'm excited for the Aquaman movie. Uh, but that that delivery of that line, I didn't like. Uh, I loved when the security guard hits Wonder Woman in the back of the head with the butt of the rifle. And she shrugs it off because it reminds me of an old Green Lantern panel where I someone wish that rifle would have like broke, broke on her head. I thought I think that would have been cool. It reminds me of an old Green Lantern panel where someone shoots a pistol directly on the back of Hal Jordan's head, and you see like the the Green Lantern shield around him like reverberate, and he feels it. And like he's grimacing because he, he feels the vibration against his head, but it doesn't it doesn't kill him. I like that. And that last scene where Alfred's talking to someone, and it motherfucking better be motherfucking Superman. And just just imagining Superman and Henry Cavill being back, like how my, my heart beat. Gee, and, I I like, don't know if Superman's gonna come back with that Superman S. On the freaking poster for Justice League. I hope he comes back. You mean you S he comes back? 
Like he said, like he might as well say, "You said you were Superman, right. going to be back." It, right, and like we all we all know, like that. If if that's not Superman, we're all gonna we're all gonna shit our pants. But like just <laughs> Ew. like that, that'd be a stinky theater. That Paul. scene of like the Henry like Martian, Cavill Man Superman, Hunter. <laughs> the Henry Cavill Superman that I want to be back. I've been a Henry Cavill champion this whole time. I love Henry Cavill. I think he can be an amazing Superman. And I want, I want that hero moment. I want the hero moment for Superman in this Justice League movie that we didn't get for Mark Hamill's Luke Skywalker in The Force Awakens. I kind of think you're gonna get it. I really do. I, I I feel it too. And like that beat at the very end of that trailer, um, I don't know if it gave me a two point swing. My excitement's still probably at a six. My expect I'm gonna go double sixes for both. But there was some cool, some cool stuff. I, I'm a little more accepting of Ezra Miller as the Flash, but I think that also has a lot to do with a lot of the Comic Con footage where he had a Flash hat on and he was just so happy and excited. He was meeting all these fans, like you know, talking to a bunch of comic book fans, and he was engaged. He was excited. Unlike Ben Affleck, who, good luck catching a picture of him smiling through two days of Comic Con. But Ezra Miller was in. He was invested. And, like, I know it shouldn't affect how I feel about the character, but it kind of goes a long way to what, what do we think how, about what I think he's going to portray him like. The rumors about b- them starting over with the Batman and getting rid of Ben Affleck and... Ben Affleck squashed those this weekend. Did he? Yeah. He said, I am the Batman. I will be the Batman. Warner Brothers came to me. They said, we want you to be Batman. Do you believe everything that Ben Affleck says? Yeah, I think he's in. <laughs> Is Ben Affleck known to be untrustworthy? Like, did he look convincing this weekend? He looked pretty salty. Yeah, he did, but um, I don't know. Maybe that's just Affleck. Yeah, I yeah. want him to like. I'm. I want him to be Batman. I want him to be Batman in all the versions, all the like. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah, like there was, there was some cool, some cool stuff in here. I think, I, I think it could still be a bit of a mess, but. Yeah. Paul, let me ask you something. Are we gonna talk Ragnarok? Do you want to talk Ragnarok, or do you want to <laughs> save it for next week? Run a little long in the tooth here. It's up to you. Oh, uh, let's let's do all Comic Con, all Comic Con right now. Let's talk Ragnarok. All right, we can do that. So there was another trailer. The third Thor movie. The trailer that won the weekend. But did it win the McSauce, the McSauce opinion? Was this the trailer that we all liked, or, or did we prefer the Justice League trailer? I prefer the Justice League trailer because it gave me something different. It gave me a, a, a different feel for what this movie could be about, what this movie could give back to me. A uh, little bit of a different tone, a little more hope. Ragnarok 2 trailer looked like Ragnarok 1 trailer with more stuff in it. Looked like a fun, raucous good time out in space with Thor. It looked like the same fucking thing with more footage. That's not... That's a, that's that's a not, good thing because right. that's exactly what I want. I'm pretty confident that like there's a big swing between what Justice League could be and what it might be. 
But with Thor, I feel like we kind of know what it's going to be. Thor is going to be I'm a safer bet. Like, I feel like I'm going to like Thor. Yeah. Justice, I, I could love Justice League or I could hate Justice League. Right. Justice like League Thor. has like a, a higher ceiling. Like the potential right. for it to be amazing is is greater than it, Thor to be amazing. But it's almost not fair to compare the two. Like I know they came out, they're coming out around the same time and blah, blah, blah. Right. But like, those are the trailers that they released. So yeah. that's what we're comparing. Yeah. Um, but the fact that this is the first time that we're going to see the justice league on screen. Right. And this is the third time that we're going to see some wacky Thor comedy in space. Like it, they're different movies that are asking different things from the, from the fans. Do you start, are you starting to feel like these Marvel movies are almost having, a little too much fun making them. I know that sounds kind of no, silly, but hear me out for a second. Like, okay, go ahead. So I know that sounds crazy. Like, of course you should have fun, but it almost feels like, like the sequence where Thor is talking to Hulk and he was saying like, Hulk likes, you know, raging Inferno, but Thor likes smoldering fire. Yeah. And, and then you see Thor like almost chuckling and yeah, it shows like a sense of humor for the character, but it it feels a little improv-y a little bit, and it feels a little bit like, um, you know what it reminds me of is like the Lethal Weapon movies, when they would make yeah. those. You had the first one that felt like a real focused, like kind of cool crime movie with like some great action and stuff, mm -hmm. and then each subsequent movie started to feel like they were deviating off of the script a little bit and it looked like the actors might be having more fun making it but it, the movie wasn't exactly benefiting from their having fun making the movie um well maybe they these the marvel movies in total are doing that i think that the thor franchise can only benefit from that because i think the most underutilized aspect of the Thor movies is Chris Hemsworth comedic chops and his comedic timing. I don't think that they really like zero in on that. He's, he's always kind of like fish out of water and that's where they play the comedy. Yeah. But I think they're trying to like change that around yeah. a little bit with this movie. And he's, I think it's well suited. It's not the based on nothing. The comedic beats were always best in the Avengers movies for Thor rather than the Thor movies. Right, right. But I think that Thor or Chris Hemsworth as an actor has proved over the ensuing years that that's kind of where he's best utilized. But should he be? Role. Like, is that what Thor is to you? I don't think that it's the worst thing is that they Thor, can do. Like, is it more important to, to maybe try to be faithful to Thor or try to make it you know, play to Chris Hemsworth's strengths. I want to see the best movie. And if that actor has a strength in humor, which is something that the Marvel movies like to play up anyway, I don't think that that's going off base. I, yeah, I, I, yeah. I and kind they've of given agree. us multiple versions. Like um, it's, it's one version. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's a, it's a side of the character that maybe we haven't seen a lot of. Yeah. And we've seen this character Four other times, if you give me a comedic version, that's fine. You know what my favorite Thor was in like in comics was probably the one from the Ultimates. That yeah, was I, I like such that an too. intriguing version of Thor. Like, because you never knew if he was full of shit, just some yeah. crazy dude. Like at first, and like, it, could you see Chris Hemsworth playing that? With yes, like, yes, like, yeah, yeah. But like, they didn't so. go in that direction. They went in more like. 
a bizarre sci-fi direction, which they're really realizing in this one. Yeah. You know, this, this to me feels more guardians of the galaxy than the first two Thor movies. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with that, but they've already made like, they've made sort of a bridge to that, that those right. worlds exist in right. the same space. And right. Well, you have some of the repeating characters. Now you have, mm-hmm. uh, the collector who was in guardians and now he's in Thor three and, mm-hmm. Yeah, it kind of makes sense, but I'm just saying, like that one in the Ultimate storyline, where oh, he it was, was he was super it was cool. yeah. it felt like he was yanked out of like ancient Norse mythology, as opposed to some kind of crazy sci-fi version of Asgard. Sure, sure, I understand. Um, but um, yeah, I'm like I really I like this trailer. Mm-hmm. I'm excited for this movie. I'm more excited for this than Justice League. I don't know if it's I, I it's not my Marvel DC competitive spirit. It's just I think that this movie is going to satisfy me more than Justice League. I think it's just a more sure thing. So. It's definitely more of a sure thing. It's uh You know what I really liked in this trailer actually? The funniest bit was when Hulk or when Bruce Banner asked Thor, like, you know, who won? And, and Thor was like, I did easily. <laughs> like, yeah, he's like, because well, he's so prideful. He's like, like, that doesn't sound right. And yeah. Like, right. I don't know what happened. Yeah. And, and obviously that didn't happen. And I was like that, that I like that. Cause it, it felt really natural. I think the, um, I don't know. I'm hoping that the humor is like that and not like the humor was in Thor too. But, I think um, we're going to get some different humor. So Yeah, Paul, I, I'm what? hoping that they don't like kind of go the Guardians route and really, really push it, which well, I, I think th- they are going. The I Guardians think they are, too. Route. And that's uh, that's a little bit troublesome. Well, what do you, what, what they're so they're not going to give you the kind of humor that you got in Thor, two, but they're going to give you more sort of Guardians. Well, stuff, I think I the think. I think the humor in Thor, two wasn't very funny. Yeah. I think the humor in guardians was pretty funny. It was a bit forced, but there was so much of it. It was to me, honestly, it's a comedy first. I know there's a lot of action all that stuff. There's tender moments, all that crap, but like there just was constant jokes constantly. And I I, honestly, I think Thor three is going to be that. That's the big tonal difference between the movies is that guardians two was like, this is a comedy with some action adventure. Thor 2 was like, this is action adventure, but here's a boatload of comedy. Thor Ragnarok is clearly like, you know what? This is probably going to be a comedy with a little little side dish of action. Yeah, I mean, they they also have, it looks like Asgard's getting destroyed there. There's some Yeah, it's going to be big action, but... It doesn't seem like... Kate they're Blanchett they're not fucking wise. They're not pulling. They're not pulling an Ultron with these trailers. I think the tone of Ragnarok is going to be exactly what we're getting in these trailers. The tone of Age of Ultron in the trailers was grim and grim. dark, horror, robots come to life, Empire Terminator, strikes, gritty, Avengers. Uh, exactly. And then you get it, and it's banana peels and cream pies. Everyone's making jokes. The bad guys are making jokes. Gaggedy sacks. All right. But Ragnarok seems like, like from the first trailer to this one, the tone's the same. 
Like, I, I think it's going to be a good, fun movie. Entertaining. It's, it's going to be very entertaining. Yeah, I, I think um, I'm ex- I'm expecting I'm going to go eights and eights. Crazy eights. Eights and eights. Eights just, and eights. Just eight and eight. Or just eight and eight, singular. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Ian, what do you think? I give it crazy eights, man. Eight and eight. Well, I think that this movie is going to be just as good as Guardians 2. It's going to have the same tone. It's going to be just as fun. I think I gave Guardians a 6. Guardians 2. And I think my expectation for this is a 6. Am I excited? I'm about a 6 on it. I I would say that um, my 8s would be judged on... Kate Blanchett is Mm. my caliber actress. Super sexy. Why are your syllables so weird? Kate <laughs> Blanchett, an actress. Kate Blanchett. Blanchett. That's her name. It's Kate Blanchett, name? isn't it? No, it's Kate Blanchett. Blanchett. Oh, okay. Then my mistake. And um, we're going to get Loki again. Probably. Arguably the best villain in the Marvel Universe, right? We're going to get Thor. We all like that. We're going to get Hulk again. We like that. Mm-hmm. A lot of returning characters that we really like. So six seems low. That's your pick. It is, man. Like, I mean, that's what I gave Guardians to. And I think this is going to be just the same kind of thing. Just as much fun, just as many jokes. Like, yeah, granted, I do like Hulk better than probably anybody in Guardians. But like Rocket Raccoon. Like, isn't the Hulk one of your favorite Marvel? He is. Yeah, he is. Mark Ruffalo plays him. That's cool, too. Really, really great. It's going to be but, like, I mean, there's an awful lot of charisma in, in Guardians between, like, uh, Chris Pratt and R- Rocket Raccoon. Maybe and this ev- is more focused, though? Less characters that you have to worry about? Maybe. Maybe. We'll see. Hey, I'm not trying to make you like this movie. It's going to be a six and six for me. No two-point trailer swing. That's going to do it for us tonight. I think that was a, a, a very vitriolic very in-depth breakdown is of all the Comic-Con news. Is yeah, that, it's a fucking is word, it? you fucking Philistine. Is, is it? Oh, I'm sorry. Of course it is. I'm sorry. I say Blanchett correctly. And <laughs> I'm going to look that one up. I'm looking that it one up. It is Kate Blanchett. Okay. All right. I think you're wrong, but that's okay. That's Blanchett. Gonna, that's going to do it for us tonight. I had a blast recording this with you gentlemen, as always. Oh. My name is Paul McGinty. Ian Sharp. Matt Casale. We'll see you next time. Yeah.